Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hey. Chip and Eric coming to you from the Great White North. <laughs> yeah. I'm studio. Our studio is cold. Well, you're like monkish today. Yeah. Wow. I'll be singing in Latin and Gregorian chant. Parabola vineyard workers. Well, you never know where you're going to get here. You never do. Welcome to all of our first-time guests who think that they've clicked on the wrong podcast. You probably have, but you should stick around yeah. and see what's going on. And you probably will. Yeah, you definitely will. Yeah. Hey, You're we addicted. crossed uh, 18,000 18, listens. That's why here. Yesterday on the calendar, not on... It doesn't like, matter. It's not on day 304. It's, it's amazing. But today's day, day 305. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. That's awesome. This, so we're going to uh, read today. Yeah. podcast is brought to you by Altoids. <laughs> yes, Altoids. Why not? Yeah. Altoids. We dare you to come steal them. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, also, it's worth noting, we forgot yet. to mention this, that the, the holy kiss that was <clears throat> massacred. It's a Hershey kiss for yeah, who are For now. our first-time listeners. Happy birthday, by the way. Um, <laughs> they left the wrapper, and now the wrapper is gone as well, and the studio has been locked. Rapper. So we are... We are narrowing in. Yeah, we have an idea. Yeah, we know who you are. They will pay. Yeah. When you come outside and your car's on fire, yeah. just know it was <clears throat> not us. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to get to this, yeah. Eric. Matthew Stop 20. stalling. I'm trying. I'm just trying to be warm. Stop being a monk. <laughs> Parable of the vineyard workers, Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the market. 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> passing through the marketplace. And he saw some people standing around doing nothing. Just doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them that he would pay them whatever. What's going on with you? I don't think that that looks- Because I'm wearing a hood? You're yes. laughing this hard because I have a hood on? No, no. I can't take you seriously now. Well, okay, fine. All You're right. going to have to. <laughs> well, it's going to be a tough one. You can do it. He hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon, and again at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again, and he asked some more people standing around. He asked them, uh, why haven't you been working today? Well, they replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. Well, that evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they, too, were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and you paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I'm kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Jesus again predicts his death. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside privately, and he told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priest and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, 
flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Jesus teaches about serving others. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit on places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Indignant. But Jesus called them together and he said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus heals two blind men. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard Jesus, when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, "Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us!" Be quiet! The crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, "Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us!" When Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called, "What do you want me to do for you?" "Lord," they said, "we want to see." Jesus felt so sorry for them. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus' triumphant entry. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead, saying, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Let the pe- Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus clears the temple. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for the sacrifice. He knocked over the tables and the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, You have taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight. Jesus curses the fig tree. Well, in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. 
If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. The authority of Jesus challenged. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer just one question. Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Parable of the two sons. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go, but later changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Parable of the evil farmers. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard but a, a, and built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased a vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of, of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to the estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and they murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, what do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, he will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. And anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone who falls on it. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Okay. Wow. Good stuff. Very. A lot of, a lot of things going on here. A lot of stories. A lot of stories. So, Chip, we like to answer two questions. We Those do. two questions are, so what? So what do we do with this? So what can I do with this text in my life today? What application is there? And what is this telling us about God? So, Chip, so what? Yeah. Well, again, a lot of good things here. Um, what really touched me was, you know, these these blind men, they wanted to see. They they shouted. They heard Jesus was, was in town and around and... And Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. So Jesus, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want to see. So Jesus, I love this. He felt sorry for mm -hmm. them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. So he didn't have to do that, you know, and um, he wanted to do that. And I just, I love that, for, you know, Jesus felt sorry for them. 
Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did something about it. And I think, you know, that's what God you know, requires of us is to, is to do something about it. And, and many times, you know, we need to um, uh, see people for, for where they're at, what, what's going on, and feel sorry for them. And they share things with us. And if we can meet a need, I believe John says later on that we should do something about it. And just, if, you know, sometimes you're the answer mm-hmm. to their prayer. And, you know, and I've done that many times. I'm like, oh, man, I can do something, you know, and, and do it, you know. But I, I think that the motive here is what, what gets at me is you just felt sorry for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, that's the disposition of Jesus towards all people. He feels sorry for them. You know, even when he's on a, the cross, Father, forgive them because right. they don't right. know what they're doing. I mean, he constantly was feeling sorry for people and caring for people. And, you know, they were a sheep without a shepherd. And, and he knew that. And he wanted to be their shepherd. And mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, um, we're included in this, Eric. You know, we, we can do things because we're to do things. But I think the motive behind him tells us, tells, tells God everything. And that we should really have a heart for people and long for people. So the so what today is, is if you can meet a need, do it. But but why are you doing it? Right, exactly. And, and is your heart broken for those people? Do you really see people? There's a song I've been listening to lately, and I just lost the name of the artist. It's it's kind of an outside Christian artist, but um, and basically the the idea of the song is I see you, talking about people that people that they, that get overlooked. Right. And so when I'm sing- listening to that song, usually it's in my bathroom in the shower, you know, I'm like, I, I want to see people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I want to be seen, but I want to see people. And because that's what Jesus, he saw people and he did something about it. And so I think that's, you know, who are those in your life that, that are right there that maybe we've just haven't seen them and, and, and we need to feel sorry for them. And, and I've been teaching my kids this, you know, when they've been hurt by other people is that it's because... You know, it's that cute little phrase, hurt people, hurt people. But there's some truth to that, you know. And so we need to feel sorry for them. They act out that way. And, you know, and and I've coached youth leaders on this. In the past, you know, they have kids in youth group and and that just act out. I'm like, there's something going on. There's something deeper. And so we can't have this legalistic approach. We need to have this relational approach with them. Like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? This, like, isn't you. Mm -hmm. And that will go a long way. And that's what Jesus did. And that's the takeaway today. Yeah, so true. Very good. Very good, Chip. So this tells us some things about God, but it is really showing us something about his plan. So, again, I think I've talked about this too, but like the the various parables here are about the the way God's plan, and, and the parable of the evil farmers is a great example. So yeah. we just read the whole Old Testament. And the whole Old Testament is God constantly giving favor to Israel, Israel constantly rejecting God, constantly giving favor, constantly rejecting God. And so the parable of the evil farmers, um, the landowner sent a group of his servants to collect for him. Um, he, he just keeps sending these people, right? Um, he built this beautiful thing, this uh, immaculate vineyard. He built this beautiful thing. And then he leased it out to people. So God has invited Israel to be the lessees of this land, of this vineyard. Mm. And then he sends the law. And the law gets rejected. Then he sends the prophets. 
and the prophets get rejected. Mm. And so then he sends his own son, mm. and his own son gets rejected. Yeah. And that's the last straw for this, for this uh, landowner. Mm. And so he calls the farmers on it. And this is what we're seeing take place throughout the ministry of Jesus, right? Uh, the law and the prophets, those went up to John the Baptist, and those couldn't get Israel to fully commit. They couldn't save anyone. And so Jesus comes to save. Jesus is rejected. And so he's going to find new lessees for this land. And those new lessees are dun, dun, dun. the Gentiles. That's you and me, Chip, and yeah. probably most of our listeners, if we're being statistic about this. Yeah. Most of the people listening to this today are Gentile people who have benefited directly from this change. Well, this it's not really a change of plans, but more of a, an outgrowth. This yeah. was promised to Abraham, right? So, like, yeah. so grateful. Yeah. So that is what this is showing us about God. It doesn't matter that his chosen people have chosen to reject him. He is going to save who he's going to save. Yeah. And they can try to stop Jesus, but in doing so, yeah. they're only going to open the door wider mm. for him to really do what he has to do. Another thing this tells us about God, just real quick. Oh, yeah. Jesus didn't spit in this guy's eyes. So, like, true. Yeah. So there's something interesting there, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on there. He, Why he did he like the spit mud eyes. thing before yeah. when he could just touch. And part of it is, and this is just my theory, wild wild Eric theory here, is that early on when he spit in the mud and made the, the mud and smeared it on his eyes or whatever, my thought is he was trying to hide the extent of what he was able to do. Because remember, he didn't let anyone talk about what he was doing either. So even though he's the son of God, he can just be like, boom, you're healed. Hmm. You know, I think he was trying to kind of mask that a little bit. No pun intended on the mud thing, the mud mask. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Something interesting there. I'm going to wrestle with that a little yeah, bit, I yeah. think, and try to figure that out. But for today, okay, well, that's it. Today, that's it. He that's all you're getting from Touch us. their eyes and boom. Yeah. No mud. So share this around with everybody. Spit in their Please eyes. Please do. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Put on a hoodie. Hey, I don't want you to. Dude, I don't know why that's so funny to you. <laughs> Not anymore because you took it off. Well, because I got warm enough. Yeah, good. Yeah. About time. I'm putting it back on. I just couldn't start, stop. You couldn't start, stop, start, that's for stop sure. Start, stop laughing. Can't start, stop when you're starting to stop. And I'm stopping to start. We better stop. <laughs>